Welcome back, Ayers. This is how I talk. I haven't found like a good replacement word yet, so we'll see. I can dig. Okay. <laughs> so we're just gonna go ahead and roll into this episode. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone? Yeah, I can say hello. My name is Lance Wheeler, and I'm. I'm trying to figure out my identity because I always tell people I work at the Civil Rights Museum. So. Yeah. Well, no, let's start with where are you from? I am from Jersey City, New Jersey. Okay. How? How did I get to Mississippi, right? Yes. So that's a question I get asked all the time. I bet. Um, so I went to North Carolina. Okay. I had a track scholarship. Um, I ran 200s. I was good before I got hurt. Okay. Um, went to a private school. I got my undergrad degree in history, focused in slavery, minored in education. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I got my master's at the University of North Carolina Greensboro, master's mm-hmm. in history, focus in museum studies, but I have an interest in mass incarceration. Mm. And so I knew I wanted to be a curator. Mm-hmm. And so the toughest part of getting into the museum field is getting in the field. Yeah. Because the people are old and they're just stay. Yeah. That's, I guess, when you mentioned that, I wondered, like, about that. Yeah. Like, is it one of those majors that, like, don't major in that. <laughs> you won't no. get a job or like, how That's, is it? So, so I tell people that all the time, right? <laughs> so originally when I went to college, I was a biology major. Okay. And so. <laughs> what did you want to do with that? I tell people this is funny all the time, right? So I tell people I wanted to be a vet because okay. of the Lion King. Really? So like I, that's. I, I, wanted to work with, I wanted to work with Big Cat. So that was my favorite movie of all time. And so yeah. I'm so hyped that the. Lion King is coming out so next month. When did you make your transition? Because I, w- I will say I wanted to be a vet as well. But That's in good. high school, we had this program where they would send you, I don't know if it was like half days or something like that, twice a week. Um, for a portion of time, we get to go places where we were like interested mm-hmm. in working. And we went to a vet office, and I had to hold down, I think, like a help hold down, like a Great Dane mm-hmm. for stitches. Mm. And I, that was the day I was like, well... I also like politics. So I was like, so I'll try it anymore. Because that's just just the process of like him being so big and like seeing mm-hmm. the blood and the needles. And then they're like, you know, it's not just cats and like dogs, right? It's like snakes and all this other stuff. And I was like, I didn't sign up for all that. So like, for me, it was when I took my like my first biology class. I said, this is boring. Yeah. I <laughs> do this. And so I actually switched my major like three times. Oh, but okay. I still graduated on time. So I was like a. Biology major, sociology major. What did I, you want to do with sociology? I just took it. You <laughs> but know, you know what? I, I I did a lot of, I took a lot of sociology courses as mm-hmm. an elective. So I actually liked it. It was cool. But I, I think, you know, when you're 18, the world is telling you make a, get, pick a career that makes money. So that's what I did, right? Really? Is that what they told you? Yeah. They were just impressed with me going to college. Like, my mother I don't was, know if anybody expected my mother was impressed, <laughs> But people wanted me to... Hey, pick a credit that makes money, right? Yeah. But my parents always said, do something that you liked. And so I had enough history credits. Mm. And so I, I knew I should have studied history when I went in. Yeah. Parents, did you guys tell me that? Like, I don't recall y'all telling me to study something I like. My mom, mom and did. dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's like to answer your first question, why history, right? So people are always saying, you know, you, all you can do is be a teacher. Yeah. I think that's like the first thing that mm-hmm. comes to mind. And I did like teach that. for a while. What did you teach? Uh, I taught math with a history degree. Oh, but, uh, like so it sounds like like what was that like elementary? Mm-hmm, but I worked with mental mental health and behavioral health in the classroom. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I had that kind of population of children. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> but it's fun, and I still do that. And it's fun. Okay. Um, but I had to figure out. Okay, I don't want to teach, but how do I have an impact? And I knew I like museums, mm-hmm. and so I said, "Why not be a curator?" Right? Yeah. And so you don't really see people my age. So when I got here, I was 27, but you also don't see African-American males that much in the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, we make up probably, if I remember the correct, it's like we make up 3%. Oh, wow. 4% is Asian. Mm-hmm. I think 2% is Latino. Mm-hmm. And then everybody else is majority white. Right? Yeah. And so the big shift now is more women are at the top. It's no longer white men. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you look at what museums are telling, besides art museums, they're mm-hmm. telling the struggle of people, brown mm-hmm. and black people. So you're not really seeing us in those moments talking about that. Right, right. So, like, how did you get here? Like, did you just, like, see something on, like, Indeed? I I, know, (laughs) by accident, right? Uh, One of my coworkers who applied for the education position for the Civil Rights Museum, which I work for, um, she said, hey, Mississippi has a Civil Rights Museum coming opening. And I promise you, I was job searching. I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll say, you know what? I'm going to apply to Mississippi at the Civil Rights Museum for fun. Mm-hmm. You know, just to get interviewing um, practice. And yeah. so I really wanted to go back to New York, Jersey area. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually interviewed for the 9-11 Museum, got to the second round, just didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And so a week later, uh, my director, my boss, Pamela D.C. Jr., mm-hmm. called me, and we had a in the phone interview yeah but it felt like a conversation mm-hmm. and so i was like, okay i was confident i said like, she's gonna call me back yeah uh she told me to come down to mississippi mm-hmm. and so what's funny is i never replied back to that email i already was driving to mississippi yeah and so she called me she said where you're at i said i'm in mississippi i'm in jackson yeah and i showed up and so we, she told me around the museum before it opened yeah and she gave me a job on the spot oh wow and so i love her by the way she's amazing she's, <laughs> i don't know anybody who does not like her uh she's I, I tell people she is it's fun to work with her mm-hmm. um she's more than a boss she's like a mother a mm-hmm. family member um and she pushes you where you know you can be pushed mm-hmm. so it's fun with working with her every day yeah um and so that's how i got to jackson mm-hmm. uh, and then also studying civil rights knowing civil rights Mississippi is ground zero. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't imagine going anywhere else. And I tell people this all the time, not because I work there. The Civil Rights Museum in Jackson is the best Civil Rights Museum in the country. Mm-hmm. And that's because everybody is always talking about Mississippi. Yeah. I will say that, you know, my family and friends outside of Mississippi aren't usually, like, they usually don't want to come here. Mm-hmm. But the museum was one of the things where the people were like, I have to come here into mm-hmm. the museum. So, yeah, that information definitely got around. So Definitely. I, um, I know you have a family. Mm-hmm. How was it convincing them? So, <laughs> uh, me and my wife had an agreement in graduate school. Okay. Because uh, she got her master's in criminal justice and sociology. Uh, we decided to say, whoever gets a job first wins. Oh. In you the know, field. You know what? I Well, <laughs> when I met my husband, we were already um, working full time. But when I wanted to relocate, I'm like, whoever has like the better pay. <laughs> <laughs> the mm-hmm. better paying job. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we're we're willing to go. <laughs> we also had an understanding that she can really do criminal justice anywhere. anywhere yeah. But for me, it's hard to get in the door. So yeah. Um, I came down. I actually came down first um, to scope out the area. Mm-hmm. Um, we lived in Jackson, of course, and then my wife and son came next. Mm-hmm. And it's been a 
cool transition for her. She <laughs> she's never left North Carolina before, so okay. Um, since I left Jersey, and went to yeah. North Carolina. This is this is easy for yeah. me. Yeah. So you guys are kind of similar to us, where you have a child and you don't have your family around the house. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I know for us, I feel like that makes me even more homesick because I'm yes. like, now I gotta raise this. Like I know normally parents raise their child, <laughs> their children, or their child, but I'm like, where's your village? Yeah, mm-hmm. like that's kind of how I was raised. I'm like, oh, I gotta do this by myself. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> but, but I will say the transition here um, was smooth. Like, especially my coworkers. Yeah, there's been times when I had to take my son to work. Yeah, um, and just grind, and then they were fine with it. Yeah, and so my extended family are my coworkers. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Um, I don't know if we can always say this thing. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. <laughs> you can't Mel, always say that. Mel, but. where is your head down? <laughs> so um, talk to me about what it is that you do. I like the word curator, by the way. I'm going to try to find out to find a way to like put that in my bio or something. I think that's like such a cool title you should, to have. You should. You should. Um, I really just want it on a shirt to walk around with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically my job is I'm the curator of exhibitions. So basically my job is to take care of the permanent gallery downstairs. Okay. That visitors see every day. Mm-hmm. So any information that needs to be changed, mm-hmm. I would do that. Names. Um, because the movement is young. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually have done that already. Updated some names or information. Um... Also in the permanent gallery, my job is to talk to visitors, mm-hmm. um, trying to enhance their experience and so they can leave with something. I think sometimes it's cool to read stuff on the walls, but it's different when you can have a personal connection with somebody. Yeah. Um, I tell people my j- main job is to not teach people, but to enlighten them so they can come back and teach themselves. Mm. Um, and then also my role is to cr- also create temporary programs. I mean, excuse me, create programs um, such as our reprogram that we ha- we're launching this summer, mm-hmm. that we're having this summer, excuse me, and create temporary exhibitions for the future for the museum. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question, because I just feel like every time people visit the museum, it's like such a heavy experience mm-hmm. for them. How do you work in that every day with that reminder? <sighs> um, or is it something like you've grown accustomed no. to? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, it's tough. I tell people... Being black mm-hmm. and being a museum professional, mm-hmm. uh, I have to separate the two a lot. Yeah. Um, and what do I mean by that? I've actually had people, particularly young visitors, come in. And I tell people this story all the time. I had a young visitor come in. She was about 13, 14. Mm-hmm. And then this was her first time coming. And she started breaking down. She started crying in our gallery two section. We see people being lynched in the numbers. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the classroom. She watched the how the classroom is segregated, right? Mm-hmm. Black and white. And she looked at me and said, why us as a people? Mm-hmm. So as a museum professional, yes, I can give you those answers. Mm-hmm. But as a black man, I had to talk to you as a black person. Yeah. Right? Or um, there was another moment where we have we have civil rights martyrs that lost that were taken from us. I don't know if to use the word lost. Um, that a gentleman came in and his brother was up there. Oh, no. But his name was misspelled wrong. Oh. But his his brother's name has been misspelled wrong historically forever yeah. in Memphis, in Atlanta. Oh, wow. In the Smithsonian. So I corrected it. But yeah. for that moment, I had to tell him, he started crying. I said, I get it. I'm mm-hmm. an older brother. Yeah. I don't know that experience of losing your brother. Yeah. But I can definitely say, let's have a conversation. Mm-hmm. So I do that a lot. Um, and to be truthful, if you look at what's going on in America, the political climate, I have my days where I feel like I'm I'm spitting BS. How do mm-hmm. I empower people 
to say this is still happening, right? Mm -hmm. um, yes, we don't have black and white bathrooms, but we have transgender bathrooms. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't have we don't have slaves in cages if we don't look at mass incarceration, but we mm -hmm. have immigrants in cages recently. So this is still happening, but do we see it? And yeah. so it's it's tough. I sometimes have to check my own mental health, or sometimes I have to. I yeah, but I just feel like you have to walk around with like. I don't like smudging like with sage or something. I feel like that would like be constantly like uh -huh. lit in my office or something. But but yeah. what helps is me talking to my colleagues. Yeah. The civil rights staff, right? And mm -hmm. we debrief and where we can go upstairs. And that's why I said Pam is amazing. Mm -hmm. We can go in our office and just go off on just talk about how we're feeling about the day. Mm -hmm. Um I can't believe this happened today. Oh, this vision said this, or and that's how we debrief. Yeah. And because I have a son that also helps me, right? And so mm -hmm. It has its dark days, but then it's like, okay, I do what I do because I got in history because it, it not only saved my life, but I want people of color to know that our history is, is important, and particularly in Mississippi. Yeah. You know, that notion that Mississippi didn't last for everything, yeah, but without Mississippi, you would have had the nation change. Yeah, yeah. I will say one thing that um, growing up in New Orleans, we're very heavy on our, like, own local history mm -hmm. and state history but i learned probably the most black history going to jackson state hmm. so i just wonder like what's the role i guess or if you guys are playing in role a role in properly educating people about civil rights and slavery because i feel like that's a thing people still you know i'm hearing about kids nowadays they're like oh that didn't exist yeah. And it's like not covered really in history books. So like I said, I credit that program. I remember I had, I forgot his name. I don't know if it was like Dr. Chip or something. I don't know. He's passed since then. But um, he wrote a book and I remember like just being in these classes that were not history classes, mm -hmm. but learning a lot about like civil rights and black history, like in English class and mm -hmm. political science classes. So I was in college. So it's like I went virtually most of my life, you know, unless it was something intentional. My my aunt is a teacher. So I think she was very intentional about like the books and stuff she gave me what she exposed me to. Um, even recently she gave my daughter two books about like her hair and loving herself and stuff. But like that's not really the norm. So like what do you see? Because I'm, you know, like to me, like growing up, I didn't see much of our history and books and then of course the only time you talk about it is like during black history month and then it's a wrap after that so <laughs> I, I i we fight that challenge every day yeah um like like you i had my mother my mother made sure mm -hmm. that i knew my history uh and my father um for me I, I ask a simple question when people come in and this is how i break the ice okay when you think civil rights who do you think of Mm -hmm. Right, we think of Dr. King. Yep, we think of Rosa Parks, mm -hmm. and sometimes we think of Malcolm X. Mm -hmm. Right, but then I tell people, you come to the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum, they are not the focal point of the museum. Right, and then I say, okay, how come you don't name Edgar Evers? He did more than get shot in his driveway in 1963. Right, how come you don't think of Fannie Hamer? Yeah, she did. She said more than I'm, she said more than I'm just tired. Mm -hmm. Right, and so we're fighting that myth, and I always tell people. Part of that myth is that we have Santa Claus, Dr. King, mm -hmm. right? And so what does that mean? Yeah. He is the all be all. Yep. Um, but that's not true. Yeah. You have people in your own backyard who fight every day, yeah. who, are still, who are still living, like Mr. Hollis Watkins, Mr. Hezekiah Watkins, mm -hmm. Fonzie Brown. And so I'm always trying to help um, let people know that you have other heroes out there and mm -hmm. that he was not the only person. Um, but when it comes to the slavery subject, 
I tell people, yeah, clearly we're in 2019. Mm-hmm. We're talking about 1619, right? Mm-hmm. That's the first time enslaved people come to North America. Mm-hmm. But that's also European history. Yeah. You know, so Africans were coming before 1619 right. as free people. So right. we are constantly trying to inform people that our history does not start when we're in That's very important. I feel like for a lot of us, if we knew that, we probably would approach life differently. Yeah. But it's a little discouraging when you think your beginning is as a slave. Yeah, but it's... Because people are so quick to say... Millennials, because I'm a millennial, right? Or young people. I don't people. think people know what millennials are sometimes. Oh, but they would say I'm young. Like, millennials are middle aged at this point. It's like <laughs> yeah. we're not in high school. Uh, <laughs> well, when they say young people don't know their history, right? Yeah. And so I always say this okay, well, if you are the oldest person in your family, mm-hmm. let's say African American history, we're doing Kamala Commander, and you tell me, I don't know my history, but you're uncomfortable going back to the Jim Crow South that you right. grew up in. Right. Who are who's doing the dissatisfaction? Right. Because you know that I'm not going to get into school. Mm-hmm. So who does it really fall on? I always wonder if that's something that it was so traumatizing mm-hmm. that people just don't want to go back. Because like I said, I've, I learned a lot from my family. Even I learned some things um, the past weekend when I visited New Orleans that like I just did not know. And it's like, why can't you just sit down and like give me all this information? Think of it but, as um, oh, military men coming back home. Yeah. Who've been traumatized, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the same thing. Yeah. Can you imagine your great great uncle or grandfather tells you I was called a boy by a sixteen year old? Mm-hmm. Right, and so how do I how do I demand respect by telling you that? Or I mean, even the fact that we have people in our families who didn't have the right to vote. Yeah, like just how new that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, my oldest relative was 104, mm. and we talked often. His name was Clarence Ball, mm-hmm. and I asked him. I said, "So Uncle Clarence, did we talk about slavery?" He said, "That's nothing we talked about in our house." Mm. So orally, I don't have that history. Mm-hmm. I can do the research and find out, but he said it's nothing that we never talked about. Mm-hmm. And so that's a lot of trauma for people of color who yeah. are not willing to go back yeah. and talk about it. And then the interesting thing is sometimes when people, like, people don't get it and they think, well, you weren't physically, like, a slave. You need to get over it. <laughs> yeah. But it's like we're not very far removed no. from it at all. Like I said, when you just think about the right to, like, get education, own a home, and vote, like, you know, I think this was, like... I think my mom was born like immediately after us getting like the right to vote. So mm-hmm. it's like stuff like that's like that's not very. <laughs> it's not, I've met, I've interviewed women on a slave on a, a slave project where their mothers, their mother's mother remembers meeting an enslaved person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, my husband's <laughs> grandmother. I think she's like ninety three, ninety four, and she did as well. So I mean, it just doesn't, that doesn't tell you that's not that long ago. That's, yeah. And not even that, not even just slavery, but like sharecroppers. Mm-hmm. Like those mm-hmm. are people like this in their 50s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and they, they might still, to some extent, be some of that still happening in some of these places in Mississippi. Yes. Because I heard, um, I had a, a former supervisor, she grew up as a sharecropper, and I think her family, her parents were still there, but just the cycle that you were stuck in, so it was hard to kind of get out of it. So like those are all very yeah. My grandma was a sharecropper. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's black holes, Jim Crow at its best. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So like, how do you deal with that? Because like I said, we're not being taught this in school. So like, what role? I think through conversations, right? Yeah. So I tell people we're so comfortable 
to have these con- those tough conversations among ourselves, but mm-hmm. it gets difficult when we're in the public. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. But we seek, <laughs> but we seek out places like the Civil Rights Museum, mm-hmm. or the two Mississippi museums, or Memphis, or Atlanta, or the Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. So I tell people from the gate, my job is to hurt your feelings. Mm. So once you cross that line, mm-hmm. we have good feelings, we have bad feelings. But once those feelings are hurt, we can really talk. Mm-hmm. But I also, in doing that, I have to know where you're at. Yeah. So you have to engage your visitor differently. So that's, yeah, because I'm wondering because, like, this museum's popularity is not just locally. Like, it's internationally. Mm-hmm. So, like, how do you deal with people who are, like... You know, that's just like white people in general, like people coming over from like Tokyo, Europe. Tokyo, we have Aust- we have people from Australia. Yeah. Like, yeah, like um, how do you like how do you discuss something like that? Because people think they're so like far removed from it. What's interesting that pe- people who are coming internationally mm-hmm. sometimes know our history better than oh, absolutely. Our Look, there's been times I've been here on a weekend, and there's like people walking around Jackson taking mm-hmm. pictures, and like, oh, can we visit City Hall and stuff? And it's like. How, Who are you? <laughs> yeah. How, why would you make Jason? Like, how do you know? And I will say there's something I've learned about, like, um, and it's off subject a little bit, but it's like a look, uh, um, Dr. John in um, New Orleans recently died. And I just, like, looked at his bio like people do when people die. And there was a record company he worked with out here. And I see we have the marker um, somewhere downtown, but it was like a record company I was not familiar with at all. Like, I've just learned about Malico over the last few years. And I was just thinking, like, you know, when people talk about, like, Jackson, like, being the place, like, for music. What do y'all say here? It's not, like, America's music or something. Yeah, I don't know what that means, by the way. Is that just blues or is it gospel, too? So we, I also say... Yes, America. Music comes from Mississippi. It is the birthplace of America. Because you know, I battle that because New Orleans had jazz, so it's like you right. <laughs> about the structuring of music. Yeah. So, okay. But okay. when you say that, you also say then. This is my opinion. That sound is a black sound that comes from Africa. So America's birth music is black music. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I'm trying to find a name. But um, to answer your question, why okay. are you finding the name? It's Ace Records. Okay. So there's a marker. It looks like it's somewhere by the federal building. That's what it looks like. But that was my first time ever hearing. <laughs> and, like, I'm starting, especially like when you hear about all these bands that were popular, like, in the 70s and the 80s. I'm like, why aren't we capitalizing on that, you know, which... It's in the <laughs> Melvin said he's gonna tell me offline so we won't get in trouble. But you know, it's like we I'm starting to learn more and more that people in Jackson are not just talking crap, like there is actually a rich history here in Jackson. And it's, I don't like the blues by the way, so that's why I'm not really I'm getting I, I I appreciate blues, but you know, since I'm from Jersey, we it, we are we are more of a jazz thing, right? Yeah. But blues is is it's a beautiful music. You just gotta listen. To. I, I feel like maybe like older blues, but like the newer blues that be I like out. older blues. Yeah, I'm, I'm blues. not really. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So uh, back to what we were talking about the role of like the museum with the education, uh, particularly people who are not from here. They they come in fascinated with this asking question. Like I don't get it. Like I have one of my uh, coworkers, one of my colleagues in the field. She's from Bar. Beatles, mm-hmm. and that's the very first thing she asked. She said, "Yes, I'm a brown person like you, but I I have more classism where I'm from mm-hmm. versus the racism in America." And so she struggled with that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, she said, so, "So we can talk about racism here, but she, she can understand it, but she doesn't get it." Yeah, I think that's pretty much 
I feel like that's black people everywhere outside of the mm-hmm. U.S. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it is this, but that's not like the biggest mm-hmm. thing. So they don't always get it. And they, they ask more questions like, how can this happen? And mm-hmm. and they always say, well, this is still happening. If you look at the political climate that we're in, like how far have we come, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> this seems like a good place to take a break here. The Mississippi Party Bus is a party bus rental company that provides a safe and fun VIP-style excursion rental service for the metro area as well as the state of Mississippi at affordable prices. The Mississippi Party Bus can be used for any occasion desired, such as birthdays, bachelor-bachelorette parties, weddings, graduation, and prom. Customers can party safely while getting transported to different locations. Check them out on social media and book your next event now. And remember, the motto of the Mississippi Party Bus is, we drive, you ride, and you party. Okay, so is there any, like, must-see things you would recommend from the museum? Yes. Um, I tell people, if you come to Mississippi, you come to the Civil Rights Museum, mm-hmm. you have to watch the theater dedicated to Megar Evers. Okay. Um, and that's because I tell people he is Mississippi's Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. you know? And so... Most people don't know who he is. Yeah. Or they do know who he is. He was assassinated in his drive. I didn't know until I got here. Yeah, and that's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, And the reason why I say that because he was talking, he was trying, he was empowering youth, but he was also saying, you cannot tell these, you cannot have people take your tax dollars and not give you representation. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that is what America's based, that's what America's based off of. If you think about it, Mm -hmm. that is the Boston Tea Party at its best. Mm Mm-hmm. We leave Britain because we wanted representation because mm-hmm. they were taxing us on tea and other stuff. Mm-hmm. But when people of color are doing that during the civil rights movement, they're being punished. Mm-hmm. They're being criminalized. Right. Me, right. So you're taxing me on public transportation. You're taxing me on the beach. That I'm paying taxes to. Mm-hmm. Where, is our, where is our representation? Do you know, and I'm trying to f- remember the name, about the guy who was at Lanier with the bus? Is chess poor something? Mm-hmm. And it was like I think they did like a um, a strike against the bus system prior to like um, maybe almost a decade prior to like um, Worlds of Parks. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that one? No. Because there was a documentary made about that. Maybe I would um, include that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but like you said, it goes back to like your point. Like it's just so much. It's so much. That's why I said we have to do a better job. You got to do. We have to do a better job of knowing our local history. Yeah, Elport Chess, an Lanier High School bus boycott of 1947. In Jackson. Mm-hmm. I heard of it. I, I've I've heard of it, but yeah. I, I don't know that one deep in detail. Yeah, I saw a documentary. There were some of his classmates that were on the panel after. Okay. So yeah, but we saw it at Lanier. Okay. Yep, and that was definitely one of the situations that they were like, well, we're not going to pay to be like disrespected. And then, of course, because that was people's main form of transportation of like getting back and forth to school and stuff, they end up saying, okay, like we have to work something out because <laughs> we need the bus system to function here. But yeah. Yeah. yeah there might be up. something like you guys. I'm that, up. that means I'm a curator for y'all. Definitely. You just helped me create, <laughs> you just helped me create a program. You definitely just created a program. Yeah. Um, oh, it was Dr. Clopton. Is she has a film company? Her name is Wilma Mosley Clopton, and I love her. Okay. So, yeah. But there you go, curator. Thank you. Look at me. 
Are y'all hired? Yeah. I hope no one from my employer is listening to this. <laughs> I can yeah, we're, work. Hiring. we're hiring. I can work weekends. <laughs> um, yeah, we're hiring. My favorite section in the museum is Gallery 2. And that's Miss. Um, ooh, I just lost track of my galleries. Mississippi Black and White, right? And we're talking about Reconstruction. Mm-hmm. And that's when you get introduced to Black Holes, Jim Crow, and that's when you see lynchings. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I, that is my favorite section, because you have to come face to face with it, mm-hmm. you know? And that lynching still happens every day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not being hung by a tree. Yeah. You know? Um, the people that were lynched in our museum is accused of. So that means no due process of law. Right. And so that allows me to bring in today's, right? So I always tell people, Think about it. If there's no due process of law, we just call that homicide or murder today. Mm-hmm. So Trayvon Martin was lynched. Mm-hmm. Michael Brown was lynched. Tamir Rice, Sandra Bland. Mm-hmm. These individuals were lynched as well. Where was their due process? Right. And so that allows me to allow my visitors to understand, do you still see it? Mm-hmm. This is still happening every day. Mm-hmm. But are we aware of it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, like, do you think it's, like, helping change things not just like for people who visit outside of Mississippi but like what do you think is the impact locally because I feel like it's it's like a thing for people to do like just to be to have something to do but I'm not sure if it's like impacting how they operate their lives how they perceive certain people maybe policy like what can we do to get there um it's like you see this treatment you see that some things haven't changed yet we're operating things the same. That's the tough part for museums, yeah. right? That's not just my I mean, museum, it's not really y'all role, but I just wonder, like... But it is our role. If people can go through, <laughs> like, I just feel like they should feel different about yeah, things. Yeah, we should. You know? But it but it is our role. And I say mm-hmm. that because if we're going to talk about change, and, and our last gallery is called, Where Do We Go From Here? Right. It is our job to figure out how do we continue the conversation outside the museum, mm-hmm. right? And so we have to do that through programming, mm-hmm. programs. So we have to do that through having forums for people coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's the impact that we see. Um, mm-hmm. The impact that I feel like that I've seen being a transplant here is that I see people who come to the museum who are from Mississippi or Jackson, the local mm-hmm. area, they feel more empowered. Okay, yeah. my history is being told. Mm-hmm. And I did not know that. Yes, I'm upset that I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. But now I could come to a place and learn more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the impact that I've seen. Yeah. Do y'all have, like, boxes of tissue, like, around the museum? No, but <laughs> some museums actually do that. Um, no, but we don't. We yeah. Don't. So do you think you're going to stick around in Jackson? I have is a plan. I have a, I have a... Mm, have, have these people been welcoming to you? Yeah, these people have been welcoming. That's so um, nice. I tell people always, Jersey <laughs> will always have my heart. Yeah. But currently right now, Mississippi is my home. Yeah, that's... And so, I, I like, you should I always... I haven't said heart or home yet. I, you know, I like Jackson as a friend. Okay. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I had a t-shirt that I used to wear um, saying, I like Jackson as a friend. Okay, yeah. that's a dope teacher. Frenemies, maybe. Okay. Yeah. And the reason why I say it's my home is the people I work with. <laughs> yeah. So that's like Stephanie King, John Spann. Yeah. Um, Pam Jr., Joyce. So those people. Yeah. Right? Um, Take notes on how to be a nice co-worker. Yeah. My former co-workers. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm here right now. I have a plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So usually I ask transplants if they're a male <laughs> 
<laughs> like, <laughs> if there's um, some advice you want to give transplants or maybe recommendations for them for us, like places to go and things to do. I think my recommendation is if you're going to come to Mississippi, be open-minded. I think you took the oh, first step. Nice. You took the first step, right? Yeah. You came here. You have to be open-minded Got if you're to, relocating. Right? <laughs> yeah. But once you get here, try to give the people the chance, you know? Mm-hmm. If you go anywhere in the world, if you're if you're a person of color, it's gonna be tough no matter where you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I always tell people what make Mississippi special is when you get to know the people. Yeah. Particularly in Jackson. You know what? I wonder sometimes like, is it tough for people? Like Jackson's eighty percent African American. Mm-hmm. So if it's like <laughs> if it's like tough for white for white people to like relocate here, because it's a very black city. Mm-hmm. But at the same time I feel like everybody like squeezes into like Bondren, Bellhaven, and yep. Jackson, so they kind of pad themselves too. But I always wonder what that's like because this is a very black. It city, is technically. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it operates. I'm, 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 I'm interested. Like that, I'm interested so. about that too. Like I yeah. don't know. Because I, I always like I'm like oh you stay in Jackson like I commend you because a lot of people want to run out to the suburbs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with perception. You know, perception. We, we were talking about on the previous episode. Or maybe not, but we were talking about it off air because we didn't want like any smoke. But just like how people think they can't stop for like gas in Jackson or like it's, a, the it's crime how it's how media portrays and, it. Yeah, right? and, and, and that's, that's what we're talking we about. That's what we're talking it. about. Just like the lack of responsibility, really. But I feel like we're gonna dedicate like episodes to like reading like some of the local media, maybe. Yeah, and you got you <laughs> and, and me not being here so long, almost two years. I mm-hmm. noticed it's always South Jackson. Or West. Uh, or West Jackson. So that's how it's covered. So yeah. you're telling me nothing happens in the Fondren area? Yeah. Nothing happens? If you go on next door, <laughs> you'll see what happens uh, there. But otherwise, it doesn't make the news really. Yeah. Unless there's mashed potatoes that's well, left. Really? Okay. That's cool. Well, you know what? But like, not even like just inviting them for a podcast. I think it's like worth having like an event, like a panel and discussion about like the responsibility. Um, I was mentioning to them, and like I said, I don't think we discussed it on air. But my grandparents visited me for a week, and I got home one day. My grandfather's like, "What's going on with the zoo? Like, is it really bad over there or Mm -hmm. whatever?" But just like in that short period of time, like his perception about like the zoo in that area was like, "Oh, there must be some terrible stuff going on," Mm -hmm. just from like the news. So it's not like just only impacting us like locally or like as a region, but just like what if you're visiting and you pop in and then you happen to turn on the news and like that's all you see, you know? I mean, at a minimum, I think sometimes we can reserve like the super bad news, like. Maybe at the end of the story, but the just good. like, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of good things that happen in Jackson yeah. and even in Mississippi, but we just, people don't know about it. Is it that like we, like they don't know about it or like it doesn't sell? Because I'm wondering if people just don't know that. I think a mixture of other both. Things, okay. A mixture of both. I think, I know there's a lot of things that goes on in Jackson, mm-hmm. but I don't ever see it advertised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a struggle that we... And I say weeks. I live here now. Mm-hmm. The city has to combat, right? We have. Oh, to do fit. I have to say we as well? You don't have to if you're not ready to say <laughs> we. But I say we. You know. If you know how long I've been here, but uh, <laughs> but um, I think that's part of the problem. Yeah. I think I think things are very close, like closed. Like if you don't know, you don't know. If yeah. you're in that circle, you're in that circle. I feel like they do. I sometimes feel like they're more. They're catering more to the people in the burbs. Mm-hmm. Or in other places of Mississippi, more than people 
like here because okay. it's like who wants to turn on the news every time and just see murder robbery failing school system or something like that like those type of stories every single time like it's so much so that i've completely checked out mm -hmm. the only way i find out about news is if it keeps rolling up and down my timeline and then i'm like okay so this is where it's reading because i've seen it five times mm -hmm. at this point that makes otherwise sense. i don't i used to be that person to wake up early and listen to the news while getting ready don't do that anymore it's depressing don't rush on at six yeah i mean and it's just like i said we were having a conversation um offline about like protecting mental health and now i'm like i just can't do too much of that anymore you know so especially like when you're trying to start your day out well you don't want to like go to work like depressed about. Yeah, and also it's not just in Jackson. It's how the media portrays people of color. Yeah, and I think that gets tiring. And mm -hmm. not all people of color are that Listen, are that way. We get I, lumped in. I've told my I told my coworkers once before. I was like, I'm already black. What else do y'all want? I'm yep. like, this is absolutely exhausting sometimes. Yep. Um, There's a great book that you guys should read. I okay. The Demian Desmond Young, and it's called "What Doesn't Kill You Make You Blacker." Okay. It's a great book. Okay. And he talks about some of those things. Uh, is that the guy from Very Smart Brothers? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I used to watch, I used to like read their blog a lot. Yeah. Okay. I'm wondering if I have read that book or something. I feel like I've read something about him before. So, back to the recommendations. I don't think we went there. <laughs> nah, we got a subject. We're, uh, especially like you being from like, Jersey and having your Jersey taste of us. Is there any food? Oh yeah, I hadn't read that. I need to add that to the list. Is there any um restaurants you like out here? Do you like like soul food? I like soul like food. Melvin's gonna take me on the soul food tour. I am not really good. Like soul food is not really my I thing. like soul food. Okay. Um I like You can say the food sucks. I think the food's okay. <laughs> I don't want to say suck. I think it's okay. Like I get, eat, I get tired of eating the same stuff over and over. Yeah. And I think like when you're in, the, like, because I just came back from Jersey. Mm -hmm. I had, and I tell people this in all due respect. I had real pizza. Like you know what? Let's let's discuss real pizza. Right <laughs> I mean, I, I guess you guys do have real pizza because my cousins talk about pizza a lot too, um, from Chicago, and I hate Chicago. But pizza. but that's different pizza. That's like. That's the deep dish. That's a deep dish. Like yeah, you're getting I, a pie. Yeah. Where I can walk in and say, "Yo, let me get a slice." Yeah. And or, it's like cheap too. Like, yeah. And so that I had pizza, Dominican food, Cuban food. I had mm -hmm. Jamaican food, empanadas. Yeah. Plank, you know, I had all that. Okay. But it's options, right? I, I can I can figure out what I want. Where mm -hmm. I feel like here is just it's okay. Yeah, it's like catfish. I, catfish. I'm not big on fish. Yeah, I'm not big on catfish. I like. I like seafood because I'm okay. obviously from New Orleans. I'm not big on catfish, though. Yeah. I detest, and I've mentioned this before, I detest the spaghetti-catfish combination. I didn't understand that. I do not understand. When I first saw that- Oh, my, toast with chicken. Like, I didn't get that either. Yeah. Well, it's that like, why? Why? <laughs> okay, I like burgers, and I just like burgers. But my burgers are, like, not that amazing. I don't like lettuce. I don't like tomatoes, so- I only eat the patty with like American cheese. I don't do anything else. You never put a fried egg on a burger? No. It's amazing. Why do I want to, first of all, I just want to let you know I'm extremely picky and I don't <laughs> like my food touching too. Okay. Okay. I'm picky, but. So egg can go on the side. But egg on a fried burger with chili breakfast. is great. With chili? It's amazing. 
I'm Try it. How old are you? 28. Can I say that? 28. Okay, because the way your system's like it's set up, <laughs> once you hit 30, you can't. Two more years. <laughs> Two more years. I swear, like the day after I made 30, I got like heartburn for the first time. Mm-hmm. So that sounds like heartburn to me. It, but it's every once in a while. You got to eat it. Uh, but I can yeah. eat a burger anytime and I'll be good. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like, I just survive. Yeah. Home cooked meal every once in a while. I usually eat that though. But yeah. There's nothing that says like, ooh, I need to go here and go eat that. Yeah. That's why I say I, I, but we do eat out a lot, but like I was just mentioning, I'm at Cultivation Hall a lot mm-hmm. at Feet Out Feet. I think that's how you pronounce it. But they're originally, they're like a New Orleans and Baton Rouge based restaurant. So I feel sorry for whenever I go into Cultivation Hall because I go to the same place every time because I'm like, I want gumbo. I want beignets, I want rabies and rice. And you other restaurants could never. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, yeah. Especially, like, if you're putting tomatoes in gumbo. I don't think we're going to have any sponsors who put tomatoes in gumbo here, Melvin, by the way. Um, Shots fired. Uh, so, is there any other restaurants? That speaks out to me? Yeah. That you like, that you have to have? No. <laughs> I like no. him. <laughs> no. Okay. So, what about, like, where are you hanging out besides the museum? Home, on <laughs> my couch, right? Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm working. Do you have any friends outside of your coworkers? Uh, yeah, yeah. Are they your real friends? I would call they? them. Yeah, that's nice. I would say friends. I call uh-huh. them some associates, but besides like always being here and open at the museum, that's constantly. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like offbeat. I go to offbeat. Yes, everybody loves. I feel like I'm gonna have to like do like an offbeat award and like retire his jersey. <laughs> he would probably kill me if I said that. <laughs> Hello, DJ Venom. But Aubrey is dope. It's dope. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a favorite yeah. for everyone. Yeah. And that's it. Yep. I promise you, that's all I do. Yeah. I'm, if I'm not out speaking to people, I'm always constantly doing my story. Yeah. Yeah. That's boring. Yeah. <laughs> it is. So do not take his advice, Trans. Don't take my advice. <laughs> my, my, <laughs> my advice would be don't work too hard. But You know what? It takes time to come out of that. I spent my, and that's part of the reason why I don't know Jackson as well, mm-hmm. is I spent, like I said, I've been here for a while, and I spent the first, really, most of the time I've been here working in school. Okay. So I was like, I'm bored. I might as well do something constructive, and that's all I did. So, like, when it was time to get out, kind of, and, like, start living, it's like I had to do, undo so much stuff because my whole life was I'm about to be a part of this organization, association, volunteer, school, study, career. That's the process Extracurricular activities, enhance my resume, and it just got to be, like, the fact that I remember listing how many boards I was on on organizations. Yep. It was more than seven, and I was an active member, and I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. I'm on, I'm, I'm on more <laughs> than five, and so I told myself, this is the year I'm going to say no. Yeah, right? this, this is... Your ambition and your drive sometimes can kill you. Well, I, I credit <laughs> being knocked up with me starting the process, uh, having the courage to say no. Mm-hmm. And before, it was all about whatever experience I didn't get from education or my job, I would get from these boards. And now I'm like, well, I don't have the same... You know, I don't aspire to do the same thing, so I'm like, I'm quitting everything. Yeah. I quit every single... With the exception of PTA. So I didn't know if you... I don't know if you knew I was a public official, but um, mm-hmm. I am PTA president of my daughter's school. Dope. It's a daycare, but <laughs> yeah. 
but I plan. You on make quit. a noise. I plan on quitting that as well. So. Okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's summer. The school year has ended. But, uh, I, but I say that, I say that though. Like that would be my advice if you. If you're a transplant, I understand that you're going to grind and make a name for yourself, but you also got to find that balance, right? Yeah, and I think that's like advice for some people. The volunteer is a good way to know, um, learn people, but yeah, too many mm-hmm. boards. I was on too many. You're on too many. So Yeah, I am. <laughs> well, do you want these shady people to follow you on social media? Or should they just like... Well, should they just visit you and that's the only way they can speak to you and follow the museum? <laughs> it's, it's so easy to find me on social media. Um, if you like actually just type in Lance Wheeler, okay. I'll pop up on Facebook. Yeah, because you're easy. like the only one, like you're the only Wooler. Yeah. Yeah. Do they yeah. make Lances anymore? I've only met maybe five of the black Lances in my entire life. And like how old are they? I feel like Lance... my, Like I met two that were like 28 and I met two that were 40. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I think Lance is like, it might be going on. And I got my name from the Lance from the Bill Cosby show. My sister was like, I like Lance. Oh, so, okay. Stuck. <laughs> well, I'm, you can follow me on that. Yeah, well, there's too many Ashleys. Although they're not spelled <laughs> like my name. Uh-huh. Which, guys, if you ever message me, if you put a Y in my name, I will block you. You that's cannot, real. You cannot, that's real. Hit, you cannot hit my name and see those two E's. <laughs> that, that's, that's true, though. You and can't be like, hey, Ashley with the Y. That's real, though. If you see my name up there, you should spell it correctly. Right. Yeah, I, I totally understand Right. That. Somebody sent me an email, like, responding, and I'm like, luckily it was at work. Because okay. normally, you know, and I'm still new-ish, but I feel like... <laughs> you should know who I am by now. Yeah. I, I feel like if I ever leave in my exit interview and be like, and by the way... This, 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 dot, This dot, person dot. put a Y in my name, and I want to follow agreements <laughs> against the end. Anyway. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, so... Um, you can always follow us with the Civil Rights Museum. Yeah. We're on Facebook, and we're also on Instagram. Yeah. I took the classes that... Um, one of the classes Shanina had there. That okay. Was that was fun. dope. Yeah, it wore me out, but you know. <laughs> and that's what we're trying to do: make it a community center resource that people would know this is your museum. Yeah. At the end of the day, Mississippians, before I became a Mississippian, they pay for that building. Right. That's their museum. That's true. That's true. So I just a few things for you guys. I mentioned it last episode, but prepare yourselves for Taste of West Jackson. It's going to be September seventh, twenty nineteen, from twelve to four. Um, it is a free grassroots food festival created to highlight the amazing food found in West Jackson. Um, completely, the concept, the planning, everything is totally all me. Just kidding. That's my common ground. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you may see me there this year. I'm going to try to be there longer than seven minutes, but as I tell people, chocolate melts. Um, <laughs> so, uh, shout out to Small World Studio for the music, um, 242 Creative for recording me and putting up with my nonsense. Uh, follow me at Jackson Transplants at JXN Transplants on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Maybe email me and tell me I am doing an awesome job. I only accept compliments. That's it. And buy merch because I asked you to. And I will talk to you haters later. Oh, can I say one more thing? Yes. Um, June 28th, we are having a read program and we're going to have Maggie Wade read to children. Oh, cool. Um, and so we, this is a way for our young visitors to get involved with the museum. Okay. And it's free. It's from 11 to 7. Yeah. And it's on a Friday. Okay. Um, because you'd be sur- surprised that we have like pre-K students trying yeah. to go through the museum. It's re- but it's really for their adults. That's what I was wondering. Like, it's what's for the adults. age? Okay. It's on a fourth grade reading level. But okay. For both museums. The two, the two Mississippi museums. Okay. But 
when adults do that, they're there for themselves. Yeah. And so we want to make sure that the children are trying to get away to be involved in the museum. And so we created a read program. We can actually have special guests and read to okay. the to the youth. Um, well, the week. This is our second time. This is the second um, program mm-hmm. of the read. The first one was Ebony, First Lady Lumumba okay. reading to children. Okay, and so. cool. So you guys make sure you go out to that and support that as well. I might try to pop through. You should. Like, like it's free. My, toss my daughter there. You should. Can I drop her off and y'all watch her? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because because I know you maybe because my <laughs> my son would be there. So well. I guess we will talk to you haters uh, next week. Bye. Yeah, thank you.